Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Fake one way, field stumbling. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. Fourth down and one. Watch this quarterback as a runner here. Roll to his right. He's under pressure. Slipping and sliding. Running back. Left breaks a tackle. Break another one. Are you kidding me? He's Houdini. Touchdown, Chicago. Incredible 22-yard scramble for a touchdown by Justin Fields. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. It's time to talk about the Bears with actor, comedian Mike Pusateri. I'm sure Mike was as excited as I was about the defensive performance in yesterday's uh, thrilling, uh, what was it, 33-22? to 22? Is that what it ended up? Uh, Sounds like Lost to yeah. the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, so, Mike, how are you doing? Well, I'm just, you know tingling from the excitement of the game as as are we all as are we all yes yeah um so as always you can subscribe to this podcast at um you can go to com or you can go to apple or wherever uh and you can sign up for the newsletter at pointlessexercise.com and uh mike how can the uh, uh where's all of your stuff well, all my stuff is in, a, is in various rooms around the house, but my online stuff is at uh, MikePusateri.com, and uh, you can find me on the uh, on the Twitters at, at MikePusateri. We're, we're getting to the point now, we could probably just rerun these podcasts, because it's the way they lose is different, but they still lose every week in a, in a maddeningly boring, frustrating mind-boggling fashion they uh is this bad the the 49ers didn't punt on sunday <laughs> mm-hmm. yes bad check uh the bears never sacked or even hit jimmy garoppolo at least except for on the two touchdown runs they hit him after he scored right check bad uh the bears did not force a turnover check uh, a week ago against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they did not uh, force a turnover, and they touched. It hit him once. Yeah. So in the last eight quarters, they've actually touched the quarterback one time. And the Buccaneers dominated the Bears. And did the Buccaneers win yesterday? No. No. They did not. To the Saints, who lost their starting quarterback in the first half. 
Yeah. And played the great Trevor Simeon the rest yeah. of the game. Right. <sighs> I'm, yeah. I mean, it's just every recipe of a bad team. I mean, the, the offense finally actually has some some semblance of doing some good things. Fields that, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about that, that run. But equally as impressive, not maybe not equally, but that uh, that rollout uh, touchdown pass. You know, he's doing the, the offense was doing some good things, and the defense doesn't even bother to show up. They give up nearly five hundred yards. I guess, I, mean, I guess there were some reasons. Um, like Khalil Mack didn't play. Wise. Yep, Fair which enough. is yeah. that puts you in trouble. That's like. That's not good. Yeah. Um, Betty Jackson got hurt on the second play. Right. And so for all the crap we give Eddie about not tackling, which is deserved, uh, otherwise he's a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. And to not have him back there, it was, uh, you know, it was not great. Plus the fact that Deion Bush is hurt. Travis mm-hmm. Gibson Sr. is hurt. DeAndre Houston Carson got hurt during the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So at one point they were down to their fifth and sixth safeties, uh, which you know, with the the amount of depth that Ryan Pace has uh, built on yeah. this team, that's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> now Car- Houston Carson came back in time to be the only guy who bothered to chase Debo Samuel on the eighty-three yard screen pass. Was that the most? I mean, that was that the most Bears play we have seen in a long time? That was just remarkable. That Third play. and 19 from the 16-yard line. Yeah. And the Niners were clearly just get a few yards and then we'll punt. Clearly. We're not going to get the first down. And Robert get... Quinn almost knocked the pass down. In fact, You're he not. made a great play, and he thought, oh, this play's going nowhere. And right. nope. It, Debo had to break one tackle. And Quinn almost tackled him. The guy who dove at the ball came back and chased him and dove and almost tackled him. Yeah. Uh, no one else. Yeah, nobody else could be. Comes, could be trouble. Could be bothered to, to, uh, to tackle him. Or you don't see the eighty-three yard screen pass too often. That Hardly ever. Nice. Yeah. Although. You're certainly not going to see it from the Bears because you'd have to run one. Right. <clears throat> Although they ran a screen, was it last week, where Cole Komet caught the ball and then ran right into the defender? That was impressive. Like, yeah. he's the guy's being blocked, but instead of slowing down or following his block, he just rams into everybody and falls down. Yeah. yeah. That was great. And so even Quinn was playing with a, or with the after effects of COVID. Right, and, and clearly, I thought I thought you could actually see it. Like he was like actually like you could see him breathing, yeah, and you would. never see that. He's as many problems I had with him last year. Um, his effort this year has never been an issue, and he's still for I don't know how old he is thirty two. He's super fast. It's mm-hmm. almost ridiculous for a guy that big to be that fast. So he wasn't at a hundred percent either. And Akeem Hicks was. It was better to have him there than not, but he clearly was not himself yet either so they had some challenges well i don't want you to worry though because the trade deadline is tomorrow and ryan pace has promised to be aggressive gonna fix it all 
He's going to fix it all. Yeah. Now, it's funny. It's very funny to me because obviously the right thing to do is not to add anybody. It's to start trading some of these guys, particularly if you're talking about a Nick Foles, you know, these types of guys, to get some draft picks. But And maybe some of that will happen. But, um, you know, the smart thing to do is, is to trade these guys, build up a bunch of draft picks. That's not what they're going to do. And it's amusing – it's 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 amusing how naive so many of Bears media fandom is like, well, they just gotta sell, they gotta trade everybody. Ryan Pace has no motivation to do that, gang. Ryan Pace is not gonna trade players to build up draft picks for a draft that he's not gonna be part of. His goal is to try to somehow squeeze into the playoffs this year, which is not gonna happen, but that's gonna be his goal because they're in the hunt. So if he does anything of significance, he'll be he'll be adding. He's not going to be selling, trying to build this team for the future. He's just not. He has no motivation to do that. So, you know, there's lots of well, they could just trade Allen Robinson. They're not using Allen Robinson. Not they just mm-hmm. trade him. So there's an issue with that. Um, he's owed like almost ten million dollars for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. So not only do, do you have to find someone who's willing to pay him, but you have to find somebody who has almost $10 million of cap room who right. can take him. Mm-hmm. And I mean, the Bears and, rightly take a lot of shit for having a fucked up salary cap, but a lot of teams do this year mm-hmm. because the cap didn't go up right? because of COVID. Right. Um, not everybody. Some people managed it better than others, but then in your neck of the woods, there's the Rams, who mm-hmm. appear, seem to operate with no salary cap whatsoever. It never applies to the Rams. They just keep adding. It's like, well, how about Von Miller? Sure, we've got room yeah. for Von. Why well, not? It's, it's an L.A. thing. The Dodgers do the same thing, right? Yeah, we'll pay all that. We'll, our salary is $300 million. Who cares? Mike Lombardi was throwing a fit on Twitter about how stupid it is, and Von can't play anymore, and he's old. What are they going to do for all the – you know, you're getting him for this year and blah, blah, blah. It's like their goal – they're trying to win the Super Bowl this year. And they've got a hell of a chance to do it. And his contract basically disappears after this year. Right. So they're, they're not taking on a long-term. Now, they did give up a second and third-round draft pick for him. So there's, mm-hmm. there's a cost there. But it's not going to cripple their salary cap going forward. But no. their whole thing is, no, we, he just came off IR. Everybody seems to think he's finally healthy. And we're just going to have him chase the quarterback around for the rest of the year. And then we'll worry yeah, about it, it in the offseason, what we do with it. And if he is healthy, he could really help that team. Yeah, win the Super Bowl, which should be the which is the goal for yeah. most functioning franchises. Yeah, especially in football, there's very little incentive. Yeah, to build for the future, if you're if you think you're if you're a legitimate playoff, not just a playoff contender, but like you're going to be one of the say the top three seeds, mm-hmm. you should try to win the Super Bowl. Definitely. Because it's football, and next year, everybody can be hurt, or everybody can be too old, or whatever. Right. Um, but I'm sure, you know, I'll, we should check in with the Bleacher Nation Bears guys. I'm sure they have a, a 14-year plan where austerity is, is the name of the game, and really, that's the smart teams are the ones who are uh, stockpiling uh, third-day draft picks, and like, I don't want to yeah. hear by, by 2038, this team will be a juggernaut. 
So yes, yeah, so the defense was uh, was atrocious. Um, early the, the first half, there were um, you know that they were, they kept holding the Niners to field goal attempts, which was, we had that crazy stat where the if you went back three games, mm-hmm. the Niners had had kicked eleven field goals against the Bears and no touchdowns, thirty three straight points on field goals. Right. Uh, one of those games, the the Bears lost. And then, of course, they lost this one, too. But um, Joey Sly missed a field goal that bailed the Bears out on one possession. He missed an extra point later. Um, But two crucial possessions for the Bears were the final one of the first half and the first one of the second half, Mm -hmm. in which they moved the ball and settled for field goals both times. Right. Where if you get 14 points there, you probably win the game. Instead, you get six, and you lose. And it was sandwiched in between uh, a Niners touchdown. You know, the Bears scored almost at the end of the half. They almost perfectly set up the thing that you wanted them to try to do last week, which was they had won the toss, they deferred, they had the ball at the towards the end of the half, and they scored. But the, you're supposed to score and eat up as much of that time as possible. Right. And at the time, it didn't seem like that big a deal, other than their disappointment that they'd settle for a field goal, because um, you'd feel like, oh, the Niners, are, they're moving the ball, but it's taking them a long time. We're probably going to be all right. And then they hit a 50-yard pass to Samuel right down the middle of the field. Yeah. And that set up uh, Jimmy's first touchdown, I think. Mm-hmm. So then the Bears get the the Bears get the ball. They, you know, they almost had the chance to double up. But you're like, all right, fine. They move the ball, and you think they're going to score, and they kick a field goal instead. And it was in that so those three possessions the bears actually net minus a point right because they gave up they didn't extend the lead they actually had a point shaved off the lead and the bears are one of these teams that are just so they're they kick the field go the field goal way too much way too often they're just so they're aggressive at the wrong times not aggressive at the right well, time the funny thing was for for santos being as good as he was and even though he missed that extra point he's made 34 five field goals in a row now, something ridiculous. They don't yeah. get him very many chances. Yeah. They don't even get him to field goal range. <laughs> it's not that they don't score touchdowns and settle for field goals. They don't even settle for field goals. Yeah. And he didn't. He kicked one against the Bucks. I don't think he attempted any the week before. It's like, Jesus. Um, so it's the- funny because it was a it was a bad game. It was a bad loss. You know, they came from ahead and lost. And I think a lot of Bear fans ended the game with the same feeling, which was, that was pretty good. <laughs> or like Justin Fields. Was because cool Justin thing. Fields looked really good. Yeah. Like, for anybody who was still a doubter, and they're dopes, right. you couldn't watch that game and not be like, no, no, he's pretty good. No, nah, you're giving them too much credit. I think there's too many. There's still people out there. Yeah, like, no, nope, nope. Well, somebody I was complaining. I got heard Lawrence Holmes bitching, saying that somebody's bitching. His quarterback rating was 87. Yeah. How good could he be? It was 87. He's like, well, who, number one, who cares about quarterback rating? Number two, right. it went down because Darnell Mooney once again let a ball bounce off his hands for an interception. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, by the way, uh, well, what was Jimmy Garofalo's rating? Uh, yeah, Jimmy threw for 300 yards, so it was, it was pretty, pretty good. All right, it was 100, but but he threw for yeah, he threw for 322 yards with no interceptions. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, but the Bears still, they still haven't passed for 200 yards in a game. That's pretty remarkable. It's yeah. 2021. <laughs> they played eight games. They still, 24 points is still the most they've scored in a game. And that was against the Lions, which doesn't even count, I don't think. Uh, no, it shouldn't count. So this was the new, this was the new season high then of 22. Right. They're, they brought their season average up to 15 points a game. Uh, so Woo! pathetic. And, okay, we talk about this every week. It, is there going to be a change at the bye week? So we know we've got, they play a week from tonight, they play Monday night against the Steelers on the road. That's certainly a winnable game, but not the type of game the Bears often win. Against a good defense, Monday night on the road. The bye week is after that. Then you get the Ravens, which will be another loss. Now, you have argued, and, and you're not wrong, that the bye week is the perfect time to fire. It is. It's the perfect okay. time. It gives you extra time to get your shit together before the players even have to come in with the new pretend substitute teacher coach. Right. Well, And they've already got their guy right. lined up. They already auditioned him, and he did he, fine. He was fine. It wasn't terrible. He was all right. He looks um, su- sufficiently confused. So yeah. it's comfortting to see him on the sidelines. Like, well, I don't know. What? What happened? Well, what are we doing? Yeah, he looks like a Bears coach already. So, uh, if they lose to Pittsburgh, is it is that it? Finally, is that finally it? I just, I, I just you don't think, think so. so. I think it is. It's. I think it is. Because I, just, uh, I don't know that. I just don't. I don't think George has it in him. I really don't. Maybe it'll surprise me. It was. I don't know who. Well, I guess I do, right? We know who George talks to. He talks to the Roonies. <laughs> when he'll yeah. be right there, he can have a chat with them. And they never, yeah. they haven't fired a coach since whoever the guy was before Chuck Knoll. <laughs> right. So they haven't fired a coach in like 60 years. Um, yeah. And he talks to uh, the Maris. Great. Those are the two owners you want to be right. talking to. And the, so he's going to talk to whichever Rooney is still around, Dan. Yeah, or is that the one that died? I don't forget. I met the uh, the one that was the ambassador to Ireland. Um, when my wife and I were in Washington D.C., we had dinner at this restaurant, and he was he was at the table next to us. Oh, really? Yeah, that's that was Dan Rooney. I think that was Dan Rooney. Yeah, yeah it was. So he's yeah. dead. So it's whoever <laughs> the kid is. Okay. Uh, seemed like a nice guy. Upset. I just did the thing where I just like he he was sitting there, and I leaned over and said, "Hi, Mr. Rooney," and he waved like maybe we know each other and then we just went back to eating and but did you say did you say big big fan simply right. acknowledge the fact that yeah hey I'm sure you know uh bill cowher should never be in the hall of fame do you agree yeah because that's uh, just a very mediocre coach is that yeah yeah i you agree all right good that's good don't push for him you didn't say i want to talk to you about the situation in dublin that didn't come yeah. up in how about the troubles are the troubles still a thing is that you can <laughs> work those out as an Irish American myself, I'd like to talk to you about a few things. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you want to listen to somebody bitch about uh, Bill Cowher, wait till remember this crap this week. <laughs> a little. Mike Daniel is. He has some thoughts. Okay. All I mean, right. I don't know if you heard the uh, Kelly and I talk about Harold Baines, but it'll be very, very tame compared to that. We were much more reasoned as to the worst player in the Baseball Hall of Fame as opposed to Bill Cowher being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Um, 
I, I guess it depends how. I don't think the Steelers are capable of blowing anybody out. Like their right. offense is also shit. Right. Uh, their defense is much better than the Bear defense. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, it's sad. I think we're at the point where the it, it has to be embarrassing. It has to be like another another Bucks or Browns game. I think that gets Nagy fired, and I just don't think the Steelers have it in them. I don't think they're good enough to do it. I think the Bears can piddle around and make it look like they're in the game. And then I'd be like, oh, the boys are trying hard. There's no reason to pay two coaches. Okay, well, let me throw this at you, though. Now, the the Nagy, as we talked about last week, was smart enough to test positive on, on last Monday, so he couldn't fire him then. He was in an undisclosed location, evidently. We can't know the, where he's watching the football game. No, I think you're worried that the... The Niners would, you know, bug the room and get all the secrets. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo's family would be standing outside Nagy's house. I guess I assumed that he was at a hotel. Okay. Well, why that, not just say that? Why? 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 Why the secrecy? So it's dumb. Knows. But I, I mean, unless I mean, you don't want to expose the rest of the family to the COVID. So okay, well, sure, yeah. Check okay, into we'll, a hotel, put the do not disturb thing on the door so you're right. not infecting the poor hotel workers. Yeah. And quarantine yourself. So why not just say Coach Nagy's watching the game from a hotel? Because okay. nobody wow. loves this kind of low um, low stakes subterfuge Yeah, more than Matt Nagy. I mean, we talked about it. You have to remember the, the most – the most ridiculous thing ever was before a game, he refused to say, because he didn't want the other team to know, whether Cairo Santos or Eddie Pinheiro was going to kick. Yeah. How right. how does that possibly affect the other team? Right. And he wouldn't well, do you know, it. That way they got a game plan for two kickers. Yeah, no, they don't do that, Coach. Yeah, he wouldn't yeah, say who the nickelback was going to be before the first game this year against the Rams, as though it was keeping Sean McVay up at night. And yeah. he somehow thinks that you know, the Niners not knowing where he's at is somehow going to give the Bears an edge. Actually, I think it's the opposite. I think he thinks that them knowing where he's going to be at is somehow a disadvantage. Yeah. And it's just, it's lunacy. Yeah. And meanwhile, he thinks Nickelback is a band, which it is, but I, I don't know why he's he turning into a good band. That's the problem. Yeah. But I don't know why he's Dick Cheney all of a sudden and, and from, you know, an undisclosed, from the bunker, from some undisclosed location. So we can't know where he is. But here's the thing. Without getting into it, there was another kind of fairly major sports story in Chicago um, that took a lot of attention away from from the Bears. The World Series is going on. Um, you know, we from today, if they lose, the World Series is over. I don't know. Does, does attention focus back in on, on what are we doing with this team? See, I don't think that the they're the Bears. The attention never leaves them. But but it has been it got dissipated by the Arlington Heights thing a few weeks ago, right? I mean that that kind of yeah. But I don't think of, it actually takes. I don't think it ever takes the heat off of Nagy. I think it's always on him because he's rightly the fan base needs to have a whipping boy. Yeah, and it's him. And sure. until it's actually maybe if you're George McCaskey, the reason to keep Matt Nagy there is that. Who becomes the whipping boy when he's gone? Hmm. It could be George. We could don't want that. It's probably right. Ryan Pace, but it could be George. Don't want to take that risk. 
But don't you feel it's it's a little bit becoming George right now? Because I think there's, yeah, a, there's a lot of people that are upset. Like, it's like, you got to fucking do doing? something. Right. This, it's time for them. You're hearing that already. You know, it's this is broken. You have to fix it yeah. and fix it now. And why won't you fix it? And what does it matter with you? And if you're not capable of fixing it, why do you have the job that you have? And do you even right. have a job? What do you do? Right. What yeah. When you go to your office, what do you do all day? Anything? Do you even have mm-hmm. an office? Do you need an office? Do they just you just have like a little plastic name badge that you put on and you just like sit at a coffee shop and you're the you're the chairman of the board? People are wondering, I think. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I mean, I think for short periods of time, the Blackhawk thing, you know, obviously it's a huge story. If you're a hockey fan, it's going to be a story forever. But for the majority of the Chicago fan, it was a horrible thing to read about. And then it was like, all right, now what the fuck's still wrong with the Bears? Mm-hmm. And the World Series, it's the same thing. I mean, it's the, it's the Braves and the Astros. It's not like the White Sox are in it, which would yeah. then have actually, well, for the 30% of the city that gives a shit about the White Sox. Um, I mean, I don't think this has any more impact than Chicago Party Ant debuting on Netflix. Let's like not the first dismiss, day, that was all anybody wanted to talk that. about. And then they were right back to talking about how the fucking Bears were bad. Yeah. So. Well... Another loss, though, on a Monday night. You know, it it, it is a it would be a Monday night loss. That is that is something that's going to get more attention than just your run of the mill. You know, lose Sunday with, with all the other game when all the other games are going on. This is everybody's looking at you. Well, they're, gonna, um, they're not going to have to worry about Peyton and Eli saying nasty things about them. They're that's taking them That's smart by them and fortunate for 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 uh, the Bears. They're doing Chiefs Giants tonight. Yeah. As we record this, why? Why waste one of your ten on this? Well, because he because of Eli, I guess. Yeah, but they won't get anything. They watched Geno Smith play an entire game last Monday and didn't bother to say that the only reason Eli didn't start every game in his career was because dopey. Um, I remember the guy's name, the McAdoo, Bob McAdoo's kid, um, benched him for Geno Smith for one week. <laughs> they didn't come up. Somehow. Yeah. So I doubt wow. they're going to get into a whole lot of... I mean, they'll talk about the Giants because he played for them, and they'll show the right. helmet catch and shit over and over again. But you're not going to get mm. any of the interesting stuff. Like, all right, Eli, tell us about some of the fucked up shit that happened while you were there. Yeah. And I would like to hear Eli and Peyton talk about Justin Fields and how Matt Nagy's offense sucks and why it doesn't do anything for him. And So I think I, the Bears I, are I, getting off easy with him not being there because that would be stories. I, Totally agree because those guys do a really good job of breaking down complex offenses and making everything very understandable. And I think Peyton in particular, you he would have a field day. Yeah. You know, like, what is about, this? What is what that? are they doing? Yeah. That's not his strength. This is his strength. Do this. Don't do that. We, you know, <laughs> we would hear a lot of that. Well, I think they'd be spent a lot of time talking about just how nonsensical the Bears' offense yes. is, no matter who the quarterback is. Right. That this is not designed to be. Who could be possibly be successful in this? This is clearly not a twenty twenty one NFL offense. Whatever this shit is, it ain't that. That we can all agree on. It ain't that. So, it seemed ridiculous. Like, of course, how much was going to change just because Nagy wasn't standing on the sidelines? It's still the game plan had to go through him and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But I think we saw that it really was. There were things that were different. And mm-hmm. I think some of it was I've I've always under the impression since he gave up the play calling 
that he doesn't he clearly doesn't call every play anymore, but he still has an influence over what gets called. Right. And they ran some of that bootleg stuff that they just have refused to run with right. Nagy around. Right. And one turned into the you know, just a, an amazing touchdown pass. Gorgeous. Just incredible touchdown pass. I mean, that's like, there's like three quarterbacks in the world that could make that throw. And yeah. he made it. And, and one of them plays for the Bears, amazingly. Yeah. Right. So, and then they also had one of the worst play calls. There were two terrible play calls in the game. Um, one well, was more, on that, the drive coming out of the half. Mm-hmm. They settled for a field goal. They had like a third and seven, and they for some reason ran that stupid swing pass <laughs> to Khalil Herbert, which had no chance of right. gaining a yard. It's like it's third and six or whatever it is. Throw the ball six yards down the field at least. Yeah. Don't throw it behind the line and have him just get having whichever most of that was wearing him like a hat. Right. And then the other one was when they went for it on fourth down, mm-hmm. fourth and one. And it was apparently a pass play that only had one option in it. And that option was completely immediately taken away by Eric Armstead. Yeah. And then Justin Fields just went into like, Superman mode and made everybody on the field miss. Yeah. And ran for a touchdown. I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that was the greatest touchdown run by a Bears quarterback in history. There's no way anybody has ever done a made a, a better a better run like that. I don't know. Ever. I gotta look I gotta go back and look at all the Craig Krenzel stuff. Maybe he, he might have done something. <laughs> yeah. A rusty Lish. I'm sure um, I'm sure Billy Wade once had to carry four guys into the end zone with him or something yeah no yeah you're right it was never one of the great it's when they put together film of great quarterback runs ever you get the steve young one where he almost breaks all his tackles and almost falls down going to the end zone there's the there's the lamar jackson one where he like jumps sideways and into the end zone and then the justin fields one will be on that list because it's that's a play that should have been stopped for no gain yes and it was amazing. When he turned the corner, you knew he had the first down, and you're like, oh, he bailed that out. And he just kept going. He, he kept going. Yeah. Incredible. An absolutely incredible run. And so uh, I, at lunch, I, I actually listened to sports radio for a little bit, and Lawrence Holmes Ooh. played the call, the Bears radio call of that play. And yeah. you're going to be shocked to know that <laughs> you would have no idea what happened. <laughs> Uh, but even to the point where listening to it, you could hear the crowd get loud and go nuts. And Joniak still is not telling you what's happening. Should drop it's it terrible. Right it's absolutely terrible. And so then I noticed on right before we started on Twitter, I was NFL films um, tweeted out the highlight. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed we were going to get the Adam Amin call because the bear call was so bad. No, we got uh, Greg Papa on the 49er call. He got super excited about it because he's a football announcer and it was a cool play. And it's really good. And that's the one they're going to have to use because the bear one, you don't know what the fuck happens. (laughs) We should drop that in right now if we could. I can drop the Papa one in. I don't don't know if I can find the... But it's not... I mean, we know he's a terrible announcer and he doesn't describe... He can't describe things and he's terrible at the mechanics of it. But that seemed like a play that he'd get some kind of... Even if it's just him and Thayer screaming... Right, you get something. I mean, you don't even get that. It's a very unsatisfying. They were not up to the moment. Terrific, wonderful. So, screw those guys. Yeah, it's a terrible I, I, broadcast. Yeah, 
So it, it's it, but it really is. It's one of the great. It's one of the great quarterback touch on runs in history. It was amazing. Right. So that the that made it twenty three twenty two, and all we needed was Cairo to come out and kick the extra point and tie it up. Talk to us about your guy. Nobody loves Cairo Sanders. Right. Nobody loves Cairo more than me. Not even more Cairo's mom. I don't think. Right. And what? And the, look, the man's human. We get it. But what? What? What happened? You, you have a theory about it's what a, happened? Him and him and Chris Tabor ran a false flag operation on on the game. <laughs> intentionally ah. intentionally shanked it okay um because they had, at some point on the sidelines made the decision that fields had played well enough that it, it already reflected poorly on matt nagy and winning the game was no longer going to help the cause mm-hmm. had to throw it yard people were going to leave it like this team sucks it's overmatched it's poorly coached the offense is terribly designed but damn that justin field's good and Chris Tabor really got the most out of Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. So, Cairo, do what you need to do. You got to <laughs> kill the momentum. You got to kill it, and he did. And the Bears were pretty much done from that point on. They didn't score after that, did they? I don't no, think they did. That was it. The offense went bye-bye. And yeah. what are people talking about? How great Justin Fields played and how Matt Nagy still needs to go because his offense is terrible. Right. There's a chance Santos makes that extra point, ties the game, the Bears' offense has taken flight and all we're going to talk about all week is you know we're wrong about matt nagy he's really built a great offense (laughs) Uh, it can even even function without him there Uh. it's got to be great we should give him a 10-year contract extension and so (laughs) cairo and and chris Tabor took one for the team and they made sure that wouldn't happen well god bless them for doing that yeah I'm pretty sure yeah, I, saw, I saw the Chicago Bears Twitter account because Fields had over 100 yards, obviously. They're already like, not since Bobby Douglas has a bear. I'm like, can we not with the Bobby Douglas comparisons, please, to Justin Fields? You don't think Justin's going to run for 1,000 yards? I, I don't want him he in was, the, it was the first... same breath as Bobby Douglas. So was he the first Bear quarterback to run for 100 yards since Bobby Douglas? I think it was. I think that's what it was, yeah. It was Bob Avellini, right? Definitely not Bob Avellini. Okay, thank God. Definitely not Mike Every Smith. week somebody has to trigger me with Bob Avellini. <laughs> it's usually me. <laughs> Can't take it. Uh, you have a canine visiting you right now. Right now, I do this, George. George, what's up? Did you, is he named after George McCaskey? Yes. Okay, good. I have do- I have uh, George and Michael and uh, Mugs in Virginia. <laughs> Outstanding. So Fields ran for 103 yards. Khalil Herbert continues to be a look at terrific. He he gained 72 on 23 carries. We know who the next leading rusher was behind Herbert, don't we? Oh, it'd be Ryan Nall. The great Ryan Nall. Nall aboard. So here's an issue, right? So Damian yeah. Williams gets hurt and he hurts his knee, and then Herbert on a we, he doesn't have the greatest hands in the world. He pretty he he drops a pass pretty much every week. And uh, yesterday he decided to drop a pitch. And then when he went to bend over to pick it up, uh, he got hit right in the head. Yeah. And had to go. uh, The little birdies came out and circled his head, and he had to go play in the blue tent for a little while. Mm -hmm. And while the Bears have an actual running back on the practice squad, Nartavis Pierce, uh, Ryan Nall apparently, I don't know what he does so great on special teams, but he, he was active and not Artavis. Not that Artavis is that great, but Ryan Nall is terrible. And is no right. threat 
with the football in his hands. In fact, the only run he had that he gained positive yards on, he was juggling the ball the entire way down the field. Almost fumbled it. Right. So he comes in, and the Niners are like, <laughs> we're just chasing Justin Fields now. Yeah. You almost If this was a high school team, wouldn't the play have been at that point, Andy Dalton comes in and plays quarterback, and Justin Fields plays halfback? <laughs> like if this was a high school team, that's exactly what you would do. Definitely. You're like, okay, just no, move, back him up, and we're just, we'll just, when we need to run the ball, we'll just give it to Justin, and then the obvious passing downs, he'll just stay in and play quarterback. Right. Maybe the that's where the Bears are at this point. Maybe they, <laughs> they just have to run this team like a, like a small school football team. Yeah. That's good for the most storied franchise in NFL history to be running it. To aspire to be running it. I mean, it's it's football. not ideal to be down to. So if 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 you if you throw Tariq Cohen onto the depth chart, mm-hmm. what is Ryan Hill the sixth string running back? Something like that. Because yeah. you got David Montgomery, and then you would have had Cohen, and then Damian Williams, and then Herbert. Herbert, and so that's either Noll or Pierce as the next guy. So you're way down on the depth chart, just like you were with Chris Tabor's son Tease. <laughs> T-E-E-Z, playing right. safety from the third play of the game on. Yeah. Well, that was the thing I want to talk about with the defense. So they clearly had a game plan going in, which was we're going to – they basically did what teams used to do to Mitch, to Jimmy, which was we're only going to rush three or four guys, and we're going to drop everybody into coverage, and you, we're just going to wait for you to throw the ball to us. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a real issue, though, when the – Guys chasing after the ball are Tease Tabor and then whoever came in when DeAndre Houston Carson was hurt. I don't even know who it was. That seems to mitigate the effectiveness of that strategy. And yeah. you were already going to be challenged to get I don't know that that strategy works if Khalil Mack plays. But without him, you're not getting any rush with the four Zero. guys, especially when yeah. they go to the three. In fact, they had that one play where Jimmy looked bored. Waiting for somebody to get open. There was no yeah. threat that he was going to get, that anyone was going to come close to him. Right. And it just seemed to me at some point when the defensive backs were that decimated, it was like, all right, we're just going to have to, we're going to have to just throw the kitchen sink at Jimmy mm-hmm. and, you know, screw up his timing. And he just didn't do it because Jimmy is not very good. He's not bad. Mm-hmm. He's okay. It's okay. And if you make it easy for him, he's going to make plays against you. Yeah. And he did. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, we're kind of we're just kind of numb to this now. This 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 is the same shit that happens week in and week out. Yeah. And so we'll see. It's going to be really frustrating when it's the completely immobile Ben Roethlisberger <laughs> carving up the Bears. With uh, offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who uh, used to coach at Northern Illinois University, so they got that. Pittsburgh has that going for him, which is nice. Which is nice. Uh, yeah. So it was well, an odd game where the Bears held the ball for almost 15 minutes more than the Niners. So, like, an you had the ball for a quarter. An NFL quarter more than they had it. 
almost almost an almost impossible to lose the game if you do that. Yeah, Dan Pompey in one of the like three bullet points that he bothers <laughs> to write. That was one of the things that he literally said. It's almost impossible to lose when you have the ball really? that much okay. longer. Yeah. Than the other team. And yet they did. Yeah. And yet. I just I don't I don't know. I, is is I guess is anger just becoming um you know, we're just numb to it. I just I'm really glad there's an extra game in this season. Oh. So we get one we get an extra week of this. It's gonna be awesome. Maybe that's the bear strategy though, is to have the fan base go from turn from anger to apathy. Because if we're just like oh, screw it. I mean, I, I you know, I think we're starting to feel numb at this point. It's like every week the same shit. Just a different way they they embarrass themselves. And maybe that's a secret to them keeping their jobs. Is that we're just gonna be like eh, if whatever. nobody cares, then why bother <laughs> why why bother firing anybody? If nobody fans don't care. Yeah. Well we're just nobody's clamoring for a change. We're, fine. We're, we're we're angered out. We're too angry. Our anger is spent. It can't go anywhere. We're just like whatever. So I asked the question, I think today. Maybe it was last night, I don't know. Just what would your feeling be with this team if you if they didn't have Justin Fields? Oof. How miserable would this be? Because he's really Apple. all we have. You know, you yeah. watch him and you're like, Well, he's really good. And we got we've never had this before. And we're all deathly afraid they're just gonna squander it. But at least he's there. And if it, if it had simply been, if the draft had fallen differently, if, say, the Niners had had enough brains to t- take him instead of Trey Lance and somebody else had scooped up Trey Lance and the Bears were like, well, there's nobody to trade up for, and they got Kellen Mond or whoever they were going to take in the mm-hmm. second round. So we're just watching the Andy Dalton show mm-hmm. where they'd probably be three and five, just have gotten there a different way, but mm-hmm. it would be no hope. Nothing down the road. You'd be looking at this aging team with an old redheaded quarterback and be like, what are we, what are we building to? Nothing. Right. Right. One guy gives you the hope. Yeah. That, well, it could be different, but there's no way it gets any different unless you change everything else. Which everyone outside of Hallis Hall seems to understand. It's only those who reside inside Hallis Hall who, if they understand it, they're not letting on. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So, if the Bears need an example of how getting getting the general manager and president right works, and it's incredible to have to, to say this out loud, given the last 20 years, mm-hmm. they just have to look at the Bulls, <laughs> who were in just as hapless straights two years ago mm-hmm. you had an idiot overmatched head coach who just said the most ridiculous things who the fan base was like just get this moron out of here mm-hmm. you had uh, a general manager team president combo who everyone was was distrustful of and thought they were incompetent boobs even mm-hmm. though one of them had built you know i'm going to say the the second or third best run of Bulls teams ever when John Paxson put together the, the you know, Derrick Rose, Joakim Noah Bulls. Mm-hmm. But since then, things had gone so bad that we'd lost all faith in him. And so they changed. 
they made the change. They hired a real president, and he hired his own general manager. And then um, they went out and hired a coach that nobody thought they were going to hire. Mm-hmm. You know, people right. barely knew Billy Donovan was available, much less he's going to go to the Bulls. Why the hell would he want to do that? Right, right. And then they muddled through uh, most of the weird pandemic season last year until the trade deadline when they made a bold move, which didn't really work out in the short term. And then they spent the offseason just adding good basketball players to their team. And now you watch them and you're like, yeah, this is what it's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. At any time, they have like three or four well above average NBA players on the court at once. And they're not going to win a championship with it, but they're 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 going to be competitive every night, and they're actually entertaining. And the Bears yeah. are the farthest thing from that right now. They're just farthest. a big they're little pockets of competence right. in otherwise just large swath of incompetency. They put that on an obvious shirt. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sure they will. <laughs> um. No, it's true though. But if the Bulls can do it, <laughs> yeah, the Bulls. Think about it. That was the yeah. most hapless franchise in town, right? You know the the only the only franchise right now that has that's clinging to their status quo, for better or worse, are the Bears. The Blackhawks clearly have been forced into changes that they didn't want to make, but they had to make. Right. Uh, the Cubs decided that they, you know, it's going to be so much better with David Ross, but they made the change, and Theo ran off. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the White Sox didn't change general managers, but they hired an old fossil to come in and sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. So it's just Pace and Nagy. They're the, yeah. you know, they're the longest-running pair of morons in town. Comedy duo. Yeah. And you would expect then that if they're still in the job, they must be doing something right. And it's hard to find examples of that. It's extraordinary. It's extremely hard to find examples of that. You know, Nagy still has a winning record for his career, but it's all based on going 12 and four his first season. And he's been whittling away at that ever since. Right. Well, he'll he'll certainly uh, eclipse that this year, barring some kind of crazy turnaround, which won't happen. Yeah, he's what is he probably five over right now? Yeah, so we five hundred ever since they went twelve and four, and this year they're three and five. So he's six over still. Still six over. Like thirty-one and twenty-five or something. He might hey, he like? might escape with a 500 record. Well, well okay. can't. So we got Pittsburgh this week. We got the Ravens. We got the Cardinals. We got the Packers again. Got the Vikings twice. The Vikings twice. Not that they're a great team, but they're good enough to to beat the Bears certainly. They get the Lions. They get their. They get got to play one... them in Detroit on Thanksgiving, which always is a little. That's always the weird. That's always the one time. You and it might really be the Lions have to be looking at it now, like their one chance to avoid being the the only zero and seventeen team ever. They're yeah. one of two zero and sixteens. There's a how's that? How about that for a franchise? As bad <laughs> as we've got it. Oh man, we're not Detroit. Although yeah, at least there's... this year, 
some, this losing for them is by design. Yeah. They're not supposed to, yeah. you know. This was to get us, a, get us the number one draft pick. And right. they're going to accomplish that. They got that. They will get that. But, not that it's going to help, but they will get that. Yeah, so it's 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 not out of the question that, you know, that the that uh, Nagy could go into negative territory here. <sighs> I mean, it's just all the hallmarks of a bad team. The, the good, the, the offense finally has you know a pretty decent game, and the defense completely falls apart. How about that that five year the you know the touchdown run, um. Where they dragged the, the entire Bears yeah. pile for it. For it seemed, <laughs> uh, Elijah Mitchell drags him what six yards into the end zone. I mean, yeah, it's not a good. That's not a good look. No. And he could have kept going a lot further. I mean, <laughs> they tried wow. to push the pile all the way to Arlington Heights. Yeah. <laughs> so what? I mean, the, 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 you know, we've always been worried about, you know, the defense is aging. But much like you know how the how the Bulls can turn things around, things that quickly, things are not necessarily linear. The defense might have aged itself out. It seemed like overnight. It's like wow. Now, as you pointed out, they didn't have Mac. We understand that. Um, Jackson went out early, but they had a lot of guys. They had Quinn. They had Hicks. They had a lot of their you know, they had a lot of their guys, and the defense looked awfully old yesterday. There was a sequence where every time Danny Trevathan stepped foot on the field, the Niners immediately threw in his general vicinity. Yeah. To the point where the Bears, after a timeout, had to take him out and just put Alec Ogletree back in. And like, nope, sorry, Danny. It's, today requires you chasing people, and you can't do that anymore. So yeah. we're going to take you out. So there's this, you know, tomorrow's the trade deadline. And so there's mm-hmm. this, um, you know, feeling among Bear fans that, you know, ooh, well, we could, now's time to make some hay. Give up on the season and get some guys. Mm-hmm. And I'm not opposed to it, but you, people, I don't think fans have realistic ideas of what NFL, tra- NFL trades never, never bring back as much as you think you're going to get. Right. And right. in-season ones are even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, always always and again and we also have to understand that you know um general managers these, these guys are human beings right right you know while we'd like to think ryan pace is look is looking out and of course he will insist he's looking out for the bears best interest at all times he certainly should be or if he's not the mccaskies should be but he's also got a survival instinct and he's not. There's no motivation for him to build up draft picks in future years when he's not going to be the guy picking the players. There isn't. So, I mean, one guy that absolutely has to be traded because it doesn't make any sense to have him is Nick Foles. Enough teams have be. lost quarterbacks that somebody now at midseason is like, all right, he's not that expensive anymore because we made it halfway through the year. He, we know he's a competent NFL backup. He's actually uh, he's one of the better backup quarterbacks yeah including the aforementioned saints who, who need he a won a super bowl as a backup quarterback right so he that should be an automatic that he has a new job tomorrow I, mean, I don't be. know why you would possibly you know 
And I've got to wonder about this. What if tomorrow morning, Jason Peters walks in and says, what am I doing here? I made a decision <laughs> to come back and play. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be my last year. And I'm actually still kind of good. Trade yeah. me somewhere where the games are going to matter. I mean, why am I at 39 dicking around with you guys? You got the great Larry Borum back. <laughs> what more could I do? Mm-hmm. I mean, if he walks in and said that, wouldn't you have to try to trade him? How do you look at him the rest of the year? Or if I'm him, I just go home. Right. I'm like, all right, well, I'm glad I'd be able to help you guys out. But things aren't going good, and I'm old, and you're only paying me a million dollars, which is a million dollars, but he's made a lot more than that. Right. Yeah, this will be – well, it, it'll be interesting no matter what happens. Yeah, I have a feeling a whole lot of nothing is going to happen. That's what I would think too. I, I think you'll see, you know, the yeah, Foles. But this Jimmy, is a team what, that what Jimmy Graham. Yeah, but I don't. People but are like, "Who to trade Khalil Mack?" It's like, all right, I mean, number one, Khalil. That. He was actually having a good year before he got hurt. Yeah, so you might want to keep him because you need good yeah. football players. Number two, he's owed ninety million dollars on the rest <laughs> of his contract. Number three, I don't know if you noticed, but he screwed up his foot and he's not playing. Who's right. trading for him? Oh, that $90 million player with the bad foot? All right, sure, let's take him. Bring him in. Um, yeah. yeah, somebody pointed out that two of the Bears' four most expensive players are Jimmy Graham and Nick Foles. There you go. So that's you really <laughs> that salary cap is just finely tuned. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe somebody – Jimmy might have some – I just don't – I don't know who's going to trade for the biggest problem the Bears have is the guys they want to trade, even if they agree to eat money, the other team still has to be able to account for their salary. Right. And nobody's looking at a, what's Jimmy, like a third tight end on a good team? Mm-hmm. Yeah, something like that. Oh, what's he owed? $5 million the rest of the way? Sure. We can fit that. Like, no, they're not going to do that. Yeah. So I don't even know who you would... If everybody was healthy-ish, which at this time of the season, that's all you can really ask for. Um, you know, teams might be interested in Eddie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know who. Well, like David Montgomery. Well, that David might Montgomery. have been a good, you know, I, met, I asked about, would he be back by the trade deadline? With the idea being that he's going to, He's a trade candidate after the season because he's got one year on his deal left. And if you're the Bears... And he's got value. You're not going to pay him for a second running back contract. You should right. actually... good Smart teams should never do that. Mm-hmm. You should constantly have guys... Your running backs should all be guys either in their first contract with you or guys from another team who you're not paying... No team should ever pay Saquon Barkley money on a running back again because if it's they get hurt. Right. And then that money is just dead. And then if, if the Bears are a perfect example of it, we lost David Montgomery, who's a good player having a good season, and you managed to replace him with a six-round draft pick, and you really haven't missed anything. No, he's pretty good. Right. So Yeah, running back is definitely the most re- replaceable position. In the and Montgomery would be attractive in trade because he's still on his rookie counter. He doesn't make a lot of money. Right, and he's a good player. He's definitely got value. He's a guy with value that would make sense to trade. Yeah. And you have a good good guy right now in Khalil Herbert. Right. And the only Will problem they do that? The only problem you got right now is that he can't walk. But other than That's that, be fine. 
<laughs> and actually now, um, I don't know how long Damian Williams is out. Yeah, right. But right. You don't really have a surplus there anymore. Well, okay. On a team you know, that the you... only way they can move the ball is to run it. So you kind of okay. can't be careful you give away. I'll tell you you could trade. Ryan Nall. Now there's a guy. Yeah. I just I wonder if any team first rounders. He that's a guy you probably got to trade in the offseason because the number of assets a team would have to give up to get him <laughs> would cripple them in season. They wouldn't be able to just recoup that. Right, right. That's true. That'd be unfair. So let me ask you or this. You could trade the, the MVP. You could trade Cairo Santos. Oof, don't want to do that. I mean, you would never some recover. team give you like their next six number ones for Cairo? <laughs> you trade their entri- entire draft yeah. like Dick did. would have done it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Do you think, is Ryan Pace operating under any sort of restrictions or guidance from George McCaskey? I don't think so. I think he has free, he has free reign. Do I think, I think Ryan Pace is completely safe. For how long? I think he's hiring the next head coach. So he's their GM. I don't, I think, I think they've moved on beyond that conversation. I think it's it's now a matter of are we going to fire Nagy and then who are we going to get if we fire him? I don't think – and it's not like he did anything brilliant to deserve it. I just think it feels like the conversation has shifted. It does feel like Nagy's And it's really – it's only, everybody's only fixated on Nagy. And that's the kind of thing the Bears would be comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy move for George. Because you just tell Ryan, all right, go, we fire, go, go hire a new coach. If he fires Pace, he's got to go find. He's got to hire somebody then. And there's and and therein lies Ryan's job security, yep. to a large degree. The fact that it's just easier to keep him. Yeah. Doesn't mean it's a smart thing to do. It's the easy thing to do. Right. He's not going to turn to Ted Phillips and say, "Ted, go find me another Ryan Pace." You know, you know, Ted would be jumping up and down saying, you know, asking to do it. Yeah, Ernie Acorsi is just. Uh, you're right. I mean, I'm sure the rotor, he's sitting by the rotary phone. But therein lies the problem with the Bears organizational structures we've yeah. talked about before. They don't have a president of football operations and a president of business operations. I mean, we've they, talked they about it. I don't know how many podcasts now, but it's Bears repeating again. Right. The smart move for them to make last year, if they had decided, it's not the smart move, but sticking with Pace and Nagy was ludicrous last year. Ludicrous. It was only defensible if if the decision was, we're going to hire a guy to be above Ryan Pace. Mm-hmm. And then that person is going to make the final decision as to who, as to what happens to these two guys. Use this year as an evaluation year, and then he'll have free reign to clean house. I mean, it was basically it's basically what the Bulls did. Paxson got out of the way. They hired Arturus, and then Arturus told Gar to go bye bye and Jim Boylan to go bye bye, and then mm-hmm. he started over. And that was the move the Bears should have made, which was to tell Ted, "We're taking all of your football responsibilities away—the ones you like to pretend you don't have anyway, because you know right. how—and we're going to hire this person." And then they're going to run this half of the team, and you'll you can dick around with the parking lot and whatever else that you're right. that you can handle. But they didn't do it, so now there's at a point where the coach and the general manager have been equally inept. But it's a lot more complicated 
to replace the general manager than it is to just tell him. And the, and they'll do this. They'll say most general managers get to hire two coaches. Mm-hmm. He didn't really hire John Fox. We kind right. of assigned John Fox with him, so that's mm-hmm. not fair. So this is his this is his chance to have a second crack. They let him. They and I think the precedent's already set. They let him trade up for a second quarterback. Mm-hmm. Nobody gets to do that. You botch the number one, you know, the, the top of the draft quarterback, you lose your job. Not with right. the Bears. You get to do it again. So why <laughs> right. wouldn't you get to hire another coach? So. Yeah. Well. And so I think it's, I, as much as I, I don't know, I don't get, I don't understand why Nagy's going to finish the season out. But I don't think there's any chance that hell he keeps his job. Because that's how Pace keeps, Pace resets his, his clock again. By hiring a new coach, mm-hmm. because he's not getting fired in year one of the new coach, he's probably not getting fired in year two, so he probably tacks at least two seasons onto his shelf life simply by throwing Nagy under the bus and hiring somebody else. I hope you're wrong, but I mean that certainly does sound like the Bears' way of thinking. Yeah, and then of course. The way it could really bite the Bears would be if young or you know the kind of head coaches you want talk to Pace and are like, "Buddy, are you? Yeah, you're, you're gonna be thin, here. You're gonna be yeah. on thin ice pretty quick here, and you're gonna take me down with you." Because that's that's exactly the biggest problem, right? Yeah. With with hiring that next new head coach who's gonna want some sort of stability there. Yep. And they're gonna be looking at Ryan Pace and any coach that you really want to hire. Is going to be looking at Ryan Pace with a big skeptical eye, being like, yeah. uh... "Now, there's one, there's there's one way that there's a certain personality type that might look at that like an opportunity and be like, <laughs> ooh. So I take the bear job and I get Justin Fields. I get the quarterbacks. It's the hardest thing to find because it's an attractive job just because of that. Absolutely. And then the the GM is a little, he's not, he's not a secure. Little hinky, yeah. Little... So maybe I end up in Ooh. two years with most of the say. Like I end up wrestling roster control away from the departing general manager, and I get to run this thing the way I want to. There are guys who would look at it that way but and look Pace, at the fact that Pace might be out after a couple of years as a positive. But Pace would never hire that guy. That's the problem. Well, he's going to have to make a splashy hire. He may get forced into it. And he also, if you're good at it, he won't know. <laughs> he won't know that that's your plan. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how like devious a guy like Brian Dable or Joe Brady or any of the supposed offensive whizzes are. But if they can hide that, yeah, and be like, "Oh, I, this would be great. I'd love to coach Justin." And then, you know, I, you know, I can't wait to work with you and your and your pretty haircut, Ryan. This will be great. And then as soon as you get the job, start shoving him out the door. So so, what about this then? What about do what about Ryan Day as a head coach? Well, yeah, I mean he, he comes with the Justin Fields familiarity, but um, right, Ohio State. I mean, Justin we get that Fields. the NFL and college are they're not the same thing, and it it, but that, it that, seems to rear its head every year. But doesn't that fulfill maybe the what you're talking about? That's a splashy hire. 
But it's also not a guy that I don't think you're going to expect is going to want to wrestle roster control in the NFL in, in two years. I don't know. He's got roster control at Ohio State. <laughs> so why would true. you give it up to come to the Bears? Right. Fair enough. So uh, Greg Olson said something that I thought was really interesting and really important during the broadcast. And he was talking about, um, he in a roundabout way, he was talking about how um, the weird trends in head coaching hiring and mm-hmm. how it all, it doesn't necessarily mean you end up with the right guy in charge of your team. And what he's talking about was, it, it, it was during his discussion about how special teams coaches make great interim, great choices as interim coaches, because other than the head coach, they're the only coaches who basically coach the whole team. Mm-hmm. Other than a few superstars who don't play special teams, the special team coach has at some point everybody on the team is on one of the teams and he's coaching them. Well, yeah, well even the quarterback is they're going to for two point conversions and things like that, presumably he would have some say in that poss- possibly. And so he basically also was saying, how come teams don't hire special teams coaches to be head coaches? And of course there was, there was a lot of clamor after lovey that the bears should just hire Dave Tobe to right. be their head coach. They ended up with his kid right on the, isn't he, on their coaching staff now instead. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and then what? So what Olson talked about, I thought was really interesting, was every team wants the hotshot play caller now to be. They want that, and the only way to get that is to hire that guy as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Because if somebody's a really good offensive coordinator on another team, and you're like, "That's the guy I want," he's not going to come to your team to be the offensive coordinator. Yeah, it's going to take a lateral move. Right. So you're going to have to hire him to be the head coach. And right. that doesn't necessarily mean a guy can be a really good offensive coordinator and be a shithead coach. Right. Or in the Bears thing, you can get a guy who is an overrated, like, uh, figurehead offensive coordinator, and you hire him, and then he turns out to be a shitty head coach. Right. Right. And I just thought it was interesting as to how, you know, everybody talks about this stuff, about how, you know, and they're not wrong. I mean, you would love to have a guy like Dable or Brady or um, – I suppose now uh, um, Kellen Moore is going to be a hot shot because he somehow managed to win a game with Cooper Rush last night, and the Cowboys are going to score a billion points. Right. They are all good offensive coordinators, but that doesn't mean any of the three would be worth it. There's no guarantee they'd be worth a shit as a head football coach. Well, and let us not forget, who was the who was the Bears coach, that, that uh, the last Bears coach to win a Super Bowl? And right. what was he? Special teams coach. Special Mike teams Ditka. coach Mike Keller Ditka yep. of the Dallas Cowboys. That's but right. the only way around that then is to find you have to find the coach who's going to bring like the next offensive mind with him. Right. You know that works. Then you get the organizational guy who's going to be able to run the team and be able to do that stuff but they're going to bring the guy who's going to run the offense that you want to run. And that's super hard to figure out who that's going to be. The, the easy thing to do is to, you know, do the usual suspects. All right. Who had the good offenses last year? Let's steal their coach. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you can end up with, you know, somebody who's not what you really end up wanting. So right. there's, I mean, that's the other issue with pace is that, you know, who is he going to hire? Is he just he's just going to make? How confident are we? He's going to make the right decision. 
No, uh, we can't we, be very confident in that. We have no evidence to suggest he's that he's going to make the right decision, right? I'm telling you, I'm like I'm thinking Ryan Day. The more and more we talk about this, mm-hmm. it's because the type of guy the pace could get, and obviously the Justin Fields connection, and you know, young guy, coach at Ohio State, all the stuff, all the things. Now, will that work out? Would that work out? Uh, you know, as you said, it's a different different sport. College yeah. to college to totally different sport, but you could see them doing that. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, it, I don't, it, he's not gonna he's not gonna he's not gonna take the offensive coordinator of the Chiefs again. You know, he's not gonna take the offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers or whoever. Yeah, right. Yeah, Eric Bieniemy is. Although that it's um um what's his name? I can't think of his name. The guy who played quarterback at Marshall. Um. Oh, uh, uh, Brian. Uh, no, uh, no, no, no. Byron uh, Leftwich. Byron Leftwich. Yes. Okay. And I do. Th- he's probably he probably is going to be a head coach next year. Yeah. I mean, Bruce Arians loves him, and will tell anybody that he's going to be a good head coach. It probably will be. Yeah. And it, you know, I was a little too. You can't just dismiss the college coach idea because it's not like it's never worked. Absolutely. I mean, how long has Pete Carroll been? Although his was a little different. He it started in the NFL, went to USC, but came back. Right, right, right. Well, Jimmy Johnson, still, of course. Yeah. yeah. Jimmy's probably the best example of it. Yeah. Of it working. Because he had no NFL ties. And then showed up and turned the Cowboys around. And, right. And Jimmy was a, I mean, you talk about a guy who was, he wasn't just the coach, he was the GM. Right. Yeah. He was picking. He was picking the guys and coaching them, and doing a good job of both. Which hardly mm-hmm. ever happens, right? So I think that's. I think we've made our decision. We just got to hire Jimmy Johnson. How old is he? Uh, <laughs> He'll bring Lonnie very... back to be his defensive coordinator. Yeah, there you go. I, Morph yeah. Turner, I'm sure, is, needs a job again. He can come back. It'd be great. Get the old band back together. Fantastic. You know, Ditka. He could be a special teams coach again. Yeah, he's looking good. I've been watching him on He does those, uh, they record him uh, from his nursing home uh, for the Bet Rivers picks every week. And in between the wheezing, he seems pretty with it. Okay, let's see. So there you go. He might be able to get squeeze another 10 years or so out of the coach. Coach. What's Dick Vermeil up to? You know, the Bears will probably end up with Mike Martz. Yeah, it's kind of Let's give this another shot. What the hell? It It almost worked last time. No, no, it didn't. He almost got Jay killed. (laughs) Uh, All right. What is the line on uh, this game here? Son of it would be interesting. Nothing like Googling on the compelling, compelling listening. Yikes. Uh oh. Yeah. So Bears at Steelers. Yeah. Steelers by six and a half. Ooh, that's a lot. Ouch. Woof. It's not (laughs) Not like the Steelers have been 
you know, impressive. Yep. And they did beat the Browns, which some of the Bears, you know, clearly did not come close to doing. But it was a terrible, hideous game. Mm-hmm. That's the other thing. That's, they should have a line on uh, what are the odds this will be watchable. Yeah, that'd be a good that'd be a good prop bet. I mean, ESPN yeah. has been trying to flex out of this, and they don't even have the ability to flex. They just keep calling Goodell. <laughs> Can we just swap this for another game? No, no, right. we don't have yeah. that on Monday night. And even the Sunday night teams don't. You know, NBC doesn't even have it till the end of the season. We don't care. Give us anything. <laughs> right. Is there a Mac game we could show? <laughs> Toledo NIU. Anything. Yeah. So, and it was funny because I picked picked the Niners on this podcast, and then when Nagy got COVID, I just thought, nah, hell with it. So I took the Bears. You did? Yep. I just thought they'd cover. I didn't think they'd win. Because the, the line, well, the best part was, so the line started at four. Yeah. Right after Nagy was announced that he had COVID, the line <laughs> went down. Yeah, they, they became favorites. People started betting the Bears, but it made it back up. Pretty much everybody was back to their opening line by okay. kickoff. So things had corrected itself. But there clearly was a surge of money on the Bears as soon as the – and that was just the possibility that he might not coach. Right. This wasn't Saturday. This was like Tuesday. <laughs> Everybody's just throwing their cash at the at the Bears. Right. That's a, That should be another vote of confidence if you're the McCaskies. Mm-hmm. Just the mere threat that he might not be there made teams – made people feel like you had a better chance to win. Right. Uh, well, I'm going with the Steelers to cover. Yeah, I'm sure I would. It, it, it's uh, you know, it's hard I, to make a case. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's really hard to make a case. It just it's really, really is. So now, one of the things we, at some point, we can talk about in more depth is what Matt Nagy's next job Ooh. will be. Mm. That's exciting. Um, I mean, he's going to want to. I think he's still going to want to coach. He's going. I think he thinks he can be a head coach again. Sure, um, young enough. But I think, I think, like the networks would be interested in him as a. I don't know about a, a game analyst, but it'll be funny if they if one of them tries it and get about halfway through the season. And they're like this. This asshole never stops talking, but he never says anything. <laughs> he has that ability to just talk and talk and talk. And the one guy who's completely fed up with it is um, Jason Leeser of the Sun-Times, <laughs> who now will just take, like, as he goes and types up the transcript of the press conferences, he'll just take, like, three paragraphs and just post it on Twitter and go, does any of this make any sense? <laughs> I gotta love that. What is he trying to say? So wait till Fox puts him on the number five team with Chris Myers. Oh boy. And you just get him, you know, three hours of him not taking a breath and not, not making any sense. We'll talk about the whys. He's going to be working at the Y. Maybe that's the, maybe that's what be it the is. That's leisure time activity guy at the, at the Arlington Heights YMCA in the shadow of the new stadium. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That'll be good. Hmm. All right. Well, we. All right. Uh, who knows? Maybe there'll be big news after, uh, after for the next podcast after the. That's Steelers. Right. 
Or maybe there won't well, be. Well, we'll have a trade deadline results to discuss. Yeah. And perhaps, perhaps, perhaps a new coach. Who knows? Jed, Jed Hoyer is ready to trade Javi Baez and Chris Bryant again tomorrow. Just out of <laughs> reflex. Uh, All right. Well, we'll talk about it next week. All right. We'll see you then. Many of us have herpes. 